0: If you've ever been frustrated by the process of creating and submitting good proposals, you're going to love this episode because you're going to discover what you say in a proposal, the elements that you need to be effective, plus such cool tech so that you know when your proposals are being looked at so you can be more effective in your proposal strategy. You are listening to The Smarter Sales Show, where sales challenges are solved with tech and technique, so you can sell more and stress less. Please welcome your hosts, sales experts and funny ladies, Merit Khan and Julie Holmes.
1: Hello and welcome to The Smarter Sales Show, the podcast that's going to help you sell more and stress less by combining the powers of technique and tech. I'm Julie Holmes, and I have over 20 years of experience in enterprise technology in areas like strategy, sales, and marketing. Plus, I have hundreds of apps
0: on my phone. Basically, I'm your nerdy next-door neighbor. <laughs> and I'm Merit Khan, and for the last 20 years, I've been working with sales professionals business owners and entrepreneurs who are so good at what they do, but they're really frustrated because that's not enough these days anymore. They have to master their sales mindset and their selling technique and their action plans, and that's where I come into play.
1: Well, this week's sales challenge comes from Mary. Mary is in Iowa, my home state. Hello, Mary. Hey, Mary. Basically, we had an interesting challenge from her because she is a freelancer and does a lot of proposals. So I thought it'd be worth kind of talking a little bit about proposals, but I want to call out that there are really two different kinds of proposal creators in the world. You have these corporate proposal creators, and then you have kind of the independent business or the small business or the solopreneur, entrepreneur, freelancer category. Now, my background is in corporate enterprise tech, And I can tell you that for years at all different kinds of tech companies, we had standardized proposal processes. So everything would get keyed into the system and the system would spit out a proposal. And that was the proposal that we had to then send to clients. This episode is still for you. So even though you might have a standardized proposal process that is being mandated by your organization, please listen because It doesn't really matter. Even if that's the case and you have to use that standard proposal, I'm going to tell you two things. One, you still need to know what to send with your proposal, and that's where merit's going to come in. And two, that standardized proposal, that's just like a starting point. You need to be looking for ways to improve that standardized proposal and make those suggestions back to the business. I promise you, as the person who is responsible for that proposal, we did not always
0: think everything through. We just put and implemented in whatever we could at the time. And I come from the complete opposite side of the spectrum. All of the proposals that I've personally done for my business over the years have been very custom, highly customized for that client. And so many of my clients over the years are entrepreneurs. They're creating or they're selling a customized solution. And so they don't have a standard proposal for that. They're running their own business. There's lots of customized work. And so the question is, how do you save time creating the proposals? And how do you make sure that the words that you use and the elements of that proposal are really getting it right? And I think there's one more issue I'd like to bring up on this topic is, how do you know when you're ready to go to the proposal phase? Because I've seen a lot of people rush to get to the proposal that they think is going to sell for them. Instead of really hang out a little bit more in that question and discovery part of the sales process to even discover whether or not this prospect really qualifies for the time and effort that they're going to put into a proposal, even if it's more standardized approach.
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, And I won't lie. I've been guilty of this. And I think I still use it as kind of a safety mechanism, right? If I can just get the proposal out the door, then I can avoid that awkward conversation about price. For example, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know what? I'll put the price in the proposal. And I've gotten a lot better at it, thanks to you, (laughs) if I'm honest. (laughs) But I think that's a great point is talking about the proposal piece. So when I used to write proposals as a salesperson for Enterprise Tech, and I was writing hundred two three four hundred thousand dollar proposals so big proposals one of the things that I thought was so interesting was figuring out what that line looked like for example we were being challenged like have you sent a proposal have you sent them a proposal have you sent them a proposal and those were metrics that we were being measured by and so that is one of the challenges is making sure that we don't use proposals as a crutch for selling. And for me, one of the things that I did was I was very keen about separating out. I mentioned earlier about making sure that we're always looking for ways to improve it. So one of the things I did was separate out the idea of the proposal from the contract, because those are Mm. two different stages of the sales cycle. And I kept getting prospects who were overwhelmed and started to go down these rabbit holes about the contract and the terms and conditions in the contract when we hadn't even agreed the base level. So I'm going to turn it over to you to give me all the answers from a technique (laughs) perspective, Merit, and I hope that's one of them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a contract, right? So when legal gets involved, that's a contract. The thing about proposals is I look at it in two phases. And first of all, tracking a metric of how many proposals have you done is not as effective as if you're asked a better question, which is how many qualified proposals have I done? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm just measured on how many proposals did I get out the door, there's no incentive for me to do the qualification step properly so that I'm maximizing the proposals that I do have out there. And what happens is I'm going to shortchange the qualified prospects out there because I'm going for quantity over quality. So first of all, I don't do proposals. What I do is working agreements okay. and there's a distinction. The elements of a proposal typically are benefits, deliverables, cost. That's your basic proposal. Here's what these deliverables will do. Here's the benefit to you. And here's what it's going to cost. I think that's a really basic plan. And what it's missing is How does this solve my problem? So the very first thing I would add to what I call a working agreement is, first, here's a summary of how I understand your problem. Here's what you told me. And one of the things I learned from you early on and I think we talked about this in a previous episode was recording our conversations, our yeah. sales conversations, so that I could then review that and grab the exact language for how they articulated their problem and I can pop that into my proposal. Now they have the experience right out of the gate of, "Oh, she really understands my issue from my perspective." Yeah. And then when I list out the deliverables and the benefits, I'm relating it back to you said this was part of the issue that you're having. Here's the specific element of the solution that addresses that.
1: Merit, let me just ask you a question about that. So by doing that, is that one of those techniques that you can use so that if you don't have it right, that's your chance to reset before you get all the way down into here's a formalized document? Exactly.
0: When I'm going over a Again, working agreement different from proposal. And I should say a little bit more about that distinction. A proposal is my best guess at what I think you want. Mm. A working agreement is let's have a discussion about what you really need and what you want. And then I'll give you the good business reasons why there might be some other elements that you need to get to your outcome. So do you do a working doc and a proposal? Well, the working agreement becomes the proposal. Okay. So it's a little bit semantics, I hear it, but a working agreement is let's have a conversation together and let's co-create So that you get what you want and I give you what makes good business sense, what you need. And then at the end, the proposal is basically just adding a line for you to sign here. Okay. Because that means there won't be any surprises. When we get to the contract and phase, there aren't going to be any surprises in what we discussed. It's all going to be what we co-created.
1: Yeah. And I love that phrase, by the way, there won't be any surprises That is one of the biggest lessons I've learned from you is now I challenge myself when I'm in that phase where I'm about to do a proposal and I challenge myself to say the words, okay, I'm going to put all this together for you in a proposal, but there won't be any surprises because we've already talked about everything.
0: Which is exactly why you have to have that conversation about money before you get to a proposal. I cannot tell you how many times I have had clients call me to say, "Okay, I sent this proposal and now they want to negotiate the fees. And I said, well, when you talked up front about the range of fees that they were expecting or comfortable or had in mind for this investment or was realistic to invest, how did that conversation go? And they will ultimately say, oh, well, I didn't go there. Well, then you're not ready for the proposal phase. You have Mm. to finish qualification, which is I fully understand all of their pains, what their decision-making process looks like, their timelines, the players involved, all of that. And I have to understand the money and time and effort that they're willing and able to set aside to solve this problem. That's the budgeting step. So you have to have all of those qualifiers checked off before you go to creating a proposal that could possibly be accepted.
1: Yeah, but Merit, what do you do if they are like, I mean, we've all had these prospects who are like, ah, put it in a proposal. Just give me a proposal. And they use it as like a get out of jail free card for themselves. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, here's the exact language that I would say. I would respond with, I'd be happy to. Be happy to give you a proposal. But my concern is that a proposal at this stage is just my best guess at what I think you want. If you're open to it, Let's there there it is. is. There it is. (laughs) If you're open to it, go ahead. If you're open to it, let's just have a dialogue about what you've tried, what has worked, what hasn't worked, what you'd like to see as in terms of outcome. And that way we can figure out together whether it really makes sense for us to work together in some fashion. And that way you get exactly what you want when I get to crafting the right proposal for you. Does that make sense? Mm, It does. That's really how I do it. Strong sales mindset. I'm always going to go back to that as well. I don't think I'm doing anybody any favors by taking my time to create a proposal that's only based on guesswork. Mm -hmm. I'm sacrificing my time that I could be spending with better qualified clients and prospects. But also, if they are looking at that as a way to disqualify me, I'm just falling into their trap. But if they are going to spend any time at all on what I've created for them then I'm also not giving them anything useful by basing it on a guess and not a real conversation that qualifies or disqualifies them.
1: Let me just ask one more question. So when we're thinking about these proposals, I know it's like a current fashion trend to kind of do the, here's three packages to choose from. What are your feelings about kind of this whole setting up packages and package pricing?
0: I'm okay with that. You don't want too much because If you give somebody too many options, then they can get paralyzed in all of that. I don't mind a good, better, best kind of scenario, but I want my main package, that sweet spot, to be something that definitely falls within their budget. So if somebody gave me a range as an example, like if I say, well, I've seen solutions for this type of challenge, anywhere from $10,000 to $50,000. I'm just curious, when you think about the investment Mm -hmm. you were willing and able to make in this solution, which end of the range sounded more reasonable for you? And so let's say they picked the $10,000 range. Okay, well, I'm going to give them something just below that, just to say, here, I'm not gouging you just because you said 10,000 was the low range. Like, here's what you could do if it was less than that. I might do that. Here's what you could do if it was like 10 to 25. And here's what the $50,000 option looks like. So I'm okay with that. I don't want to overwhelm someone. And I don't want to give them something that the only way that they would accomplish their result is if they went beyond their range. That would be where I would say, you know what? You have a $100,000 problem that you're only willing to invest $10,000 to solve. I'm not your solution. That's a really good distinction. So tell me what tech could I use to make sure that my proposals are more effective? Help me out.
1: Oh, I love tech. And I think proposals is a great place where technology can have a really immediate and really obvious benefit. So first and foremost, it's the process of creating the proposal. Now, a lot of people, you know, we mentioned it before, right? If you're in corporate and you've got kind of a standardized proposal process, then maybe your CRM system, that's the first step for most people when it comes to creating proposals. There's some kind of a merge that happens. And that merge technology takes the options and the items that you put into your proposal or into your opportunities, and it merges them with some kind of a Word document or whatever, so that you get this beautiful proposal. Well, you get a proposal. (laughs) Now, it's not beautiful, right? Rarely are proposals beautiful. So do you remember if we go back to the differentiation episode, Mm. I would tell you that one of the first ways that we differentiate is by being beautiful, be beautiful. Mm. Sales should be beautiful. The line between marketing and sales is totally blurred, if not gone at this point in the world. So when you're creating proposals, yes, you can use that standard CRM merge to create your proposals. I would offer you a couple other alternatives from a tech perspective. The first one is, is PowerPoint. Hmm. And you know this, Merit, I'm a huge fan of PowerPoint. Yeah. But if you are a solopreneur and you want an easy, quick way to create gorgeous proposals to send out to your prospects, use PowerPoint. You get to lay out the page exactly the way you want, set it up so it looks like a Word document if you want, make it a US letter or an A4 size, put an image on there, make it beautiful. So that's step one is just to use PowerPoint. If you want to get more fancy, then there are some great proposal applications out there that do really cool things. For example, there's PandaDoc and Proposify are two really big ones. Now with any of these, one of the things that you should be doing is looking at how you can reuse components of your proposals. So rather than crafting proposals from scratch every time, it's about saying, here are the 10 different things that I typically sell and being able to pull those 10 different things into proposals. The other things that a lot of the proposal technology platforms do for you is they allow you to go straight from a proposal to a signature. But they also will do one more thing. And it's my favorite and the most valuable thing that I will offer you when it comes to proposals is they let you track. Now, we actually talked about this, I think, in our very ever yeah, first episode, episode right? where we talked about yeah. making sure that we did follow up properly and when you follow up. Well, being able to follow up on your proposal is one of the most critical things that you can do. You want to be able to call them when they are looking at your proposal and they are ready to buy yeah. So yes, you can use things like PandaDoc and Proposify to actually track that proposal itself. Have they opened it? What have they done with it? I take that a step farther and I use Docsend. So that's one of my favorite tools that I use. And Docsend not only lets me see that they've opened it and I get notified every time somebody opens my proposal, but the other thing it does is it lets me see which pages of my proposal they spend the most time on. Mm. So much to what you described as a good proposal, the very first page of my proposal is always about the client. That's smart. It's entirely about them and about their problem. It's got a picture of their office on it. Like it's got their logo on it. And the goal is if I can't fill up a page not like literally a whole page. But if I can't do a good, strong section about that client's challenges, I'm not ready to send that proposal. So I've got that. But then I've got like, here's your problems. Here's the options. Here's the pricing. So all those things that are in there. And then like, I'll have a page of testimonials or whatever else I might need to kind of round out that proposal. I can tell you exactly how long they spend on every page of that proposal. That's
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, the great thing is it tells
0: you what they're really interested in. Yeah. That's so smart. It's funny. You remind me of a proposal I did so many years ago and I landed the deal. And here's why. Not because anything was so unique in the actual deliverables, But I did put on the cover page a picture of me. So this company happened to be a mining engineering software company. And so I had just been on a summer vacation to a mine. And I literally had a picture of me with my son, my young child at the time, in mining hats and, like, mining gear. And we're, like, in a mine shaft. (laughs) And I... Just thought, oh, that's funny. And so instead of the picture of them and their office, I put a picture of me in a mine. And that's perfect. Just a clever way, but it kind of set me apart. So I loved what you said about proposals being beautiful. And that's just another way of like, put your creativity in it, put your personality in it, and put your brand in it. And that's another way of having that whole thing set apart. When you Systematize those blocks like you were talking about on a PowerPoint design, that just makes it easier. I don't have to spend all my brain power to create all those boilerplate pieces. I can yeah. be creative in those other areas. And that's a great idea.
1: Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe it. If you get the proposal process so that it is more efficient, it frees you up to do what you do best, which is sell.
0: Well, and I think that's a great way to just sum this all up. So if you have a standardized proposal, how do you inject your personality and how do you make that beautiful and how do you use the analytics that are available to really make your proposal process more effective? And if you don't have a standardized proposal, how can you, even as an entrepreneur or a small business, utilize the idea of standardized pieces to systematize the proposal in a PowerPoint document as an example, but also to make sure that you're using those elements of like what's important to you. Here's the benefits and then here's the deliverables and here's the pricing to really make sure. But most importantly, before you do any of that, ask the right Mm -hmm. questions, make sure they qualify for your time and talent to be even willing and able to put together the right proposal and not just your best guess. I think we learned a lot in this episode. There's definitely some tech that I'm going to use to amp up my proposal process for sure.
1: Well, so here's the challenge to you who is sitting in your car on the treadmill, walking the dog, wherever you are so cleverly listening to the Smarter Sales Show right now. Well, here's your challenge. What are you going to do to improve your proposal process? Three possible options. One, make sure that you're not creating proposals before their time. Option number two is to create beautiful proposals. So what are you gonna do to put some lipstick on that proposal? Option number three, you are going to be
0: able to track that proposal. Which one of those challenges are you going to take (laughs) off? And in our next episode... Which I have completely forgotten the topic of. (laughs) (laughs) What was our next episode? Serve better to sell more. That's such an important topic. In our next episode, we're going to talk about those of you who have to service the sale in addition to the responsibilities you have for growing sales. How do you incorporate servicing as part of the sales process? There's upsells, there's referrals, there's how do you make that whole thing of servicing clients more effective so that you can keep getting out there and continue your sales?
1: Do take a moment and make sure that you are subscribing to The Smarter Sales Show on the platform of your choice. Make sure that you rate us, review us, five stars.
0: I assure you we're worth it. Totally. And make sure you share it with all of your friends. And email us your sales questions, any challenges you're having to hello at the smarter sales show. .com. Don't forget that we are available individually or
1: as a duo for virtual and live training, consulting, presenting, general awesomeness. <laughs> you can contact us, of course, at thesmartersaleshow.com, dot Visit our website, and uh, we'll be happy to work with you if you're cool. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our show notes for links and quotes from today's episode. As we are about to wrap up the recording of this episode, I can promise you there are some bloopers. From today as well, so make sure you stay tuned for those. Thank you so much for listening to The Smarter Sales Show.
0: Stress less and sell more. Be sure to tune in every Wednesday to The Smarter Sales Show. If you want a tech and technique solution to your sales challenge, send an email to hello at com. And don't forget to check out the show notes. If you'd like a transcript of today's show with links to the tools we mentioned during the episode, as well as reminders when the episodes are released, Please visit our website and subscribe to our email updates at thesmartersalesshow.com.